It's Wednesday, April 20th, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. This is the third of a series of episodes that were recorded live at Shop Talk in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was able to sit down with Mariano Gomide de Faria at Shop Talk 2022 in Las Vegas. We had a great conversation about commerce. In fact, we talked a lot about conversational commerce. The United States needs to catch up with the rest of the world with conversational commerce. Mariano tells us how big players are skipping the distribution channel and going straight to consumers. The world is global by definition. It was a great conversation and it was so wonderful to sit down and have a one-on-one talk with such a great powerhouse in the e-commerce industry. And now, your free joke. My wife thinks it's weird that I stare at the window during heavy rainstorms. It would be a lot less weird if she just let me in. <laughs> Talk Commerce is brought to you by Chipbot. Are you enjoying answering the same question over and over every day? Do you wonder why people are leaving your site? Are you sick of knowing how many carts are left abandoned, moments away from a sale? Or are you just getting exhausted thinking about parsing all that data from your website? I recently found this great tool that I installed on the Talk Commerce website. You can see it live right now at talk-commerce.com. Chipbot Pylons and Chipbot Nexus are two tools integrated into one plugin that helps you manage your site smarter. It took me less than 15 minutes to configure and install. I have a thumbnail video that I recorded myself and I can instruct visitors on something to do and an action to take. You also have the option of configuring different action items like send me an email. Through Chipbot Nexus, I can answer questions and more importantly, I can learn from my clients by listening to what they're asking for. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, you can log into your dashboard and get metrics on what your visitors are doing on your site. During the installation process, I got fantastic support and Chipbot helped me to make my bot even better. Try it today, it's free. Go to getchipbot.com and sign up today. That's getchipbot.com. G-E-T-C-H-I-P-B-O-T.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this mobile episode of Talk Commerce. I have Mariano Ferreira. Faria. Faria. Yes. De... Co-founder and co-CEO of Vitex. It's Faria de... Ah, Gomid de Faria. Yes. Or, I'm sorry. Obrigado. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Very kind. Yes. All right. We are going to talk a little bit today about Vitex and, and its expansion into the U.S. market and maybe some other topics that, that come up. Perfect. So it's a pleasure to be with you and talk about commerce. Yeah, Mariano, welcome to Las Vegas. It's great to see you. Tell us a little bit about Vtex and your role with Vtex and a little bit about your background. Perfect. So I'm a founder and co-CEO of the company. We created the company 22 years ago in the year 2000. I am a mechanic engineering. My, this is my main activity. In, uh, I donate three weeks of uh, my year 
for uh, education. So I am also a teacher in an institute inside Church College in Cambridge. And that's it. That's the only thing that I know what to do in my life. And I'm pretty passionate about it. I've been, I now I'm based in New York, but I used to be based in London. And yeah, that's great. And VTEX has been a very strong platform in all of Latin America. And I know I've heard about it a long time ago. So maybe tell us a little bit about your expansion into the U.S. and some of the reasoning behind that. Perfect. So VTEX born in Brazil. We were a very small company. And Brazil is one of the toughest environment of retail in the world. For you to be a retail there, an online presence, you need to have a software that manages like multiple distribution centers, multiple stores and management of inventory management, multiple channels. So everything that now it's called like the omni-channel thing, we have been doing in Brazil for many years. And because of that, we create a software that companies are buying from a Brazilian company what used to be like the future of e-commerce, they find on Vitex as something that is pretty like ready to use. So the Vitex has expanded from four clients in 2007 to around 3.5 thousand clients uh, in more than 38 countries today. It's a big expansion. It is the first time ever a Latin American software company leads an IDC quadrant for one software industry globally. And we are very proud of that. This literally shows that now the world, it is a global by definition. And after COVID, actually this becomes much more a reality. So people are buying software from where the software being made not from where the software being. These are the industry of software is changing completely. So we will see more and more companies from Latin America, from Eastern Europe, from India to pop up as brands, as the new generation of software in the world. This is the arbitrage that we are doing. I moved to the US is a big, to conquer the world, we need to conquer US first. So that's why I came here with my family. The U.S., it is interesting, although it is uh, the, one of the biggest markets on earth, it is pretty delayed in terms of maturity. So a retailer here, a brand manufacturer in the U.S., they have a one distribution center, one carrier like FedEx, and they are done. This is not going to be the reality in a few years uh, from now. So a U.S. retailer to survive, they will need to have multiple channels like marketplace. They will need to sell abroad cross-boarding. They will need to become a marketplace itself, selling other ones of products inside their own software. They will need to have multiple distribution centers. They will need to have multiple carriers. So that complexity that's arriving to the U.S. market, it's something that Vitax can natively address. So that's why we are getting momentum in the U.S. That's why companies are coming to Vitex and say, look, you are the only one that can solve this complexity without myself being in need of creating the puzzle of, of dozens of applications to work together. This seems to be nice in theory, but once you have 20 applications working together to have a solution, you realize that uh, this is not the way to go. So then enters Vitex. We have a CMS, OMS, and a marketplace in a one unique platform that companies can use to, to channel management in and out all the product sourcing and all the sales channels. So that's our goal in the US. We are pretty much specialized in tier one companies. 
So we run companies like Walmart, Carrefour, uh, L'Oreal, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Samsung, Levi's, uh, Chanel. From all the industries, from B2C and B2C, uh, if you have problems, complex problems, and if you want someone that knows how to, to solve it for you, that's uh, what, what people are looking for, Vitex. Yeah, that's great. And I think you were very early on from the SaaS market as well. So a lot of in 2000, or even before that, everything was on-prem. Everything was uh, sort of self-hosted and you were early in on that. What do you think your advantages are now for the U.S. when you're doing that from a SaaS standpoint? It's interesting, like um, buzzwords on the architecture, it has always been a must in this industry. So SaaS, what means SaaS? Sometimes you pick an on-prem and put in a hosted and you can call yourself SaaS. Another times you have a SaaS solutions on a multi-tenant with a one instance for all the clients. At the end of the day, there are several levels of SaaS. Um, yes, we are into SaaS since the scratch of the market because we didn't have any option. As a, a technology company in Brazil, we didn't have funding. So we need to discover our, way, our ways to be very efficient. And there's no other way to be efficient if you do not attack the problem as being a multi-tenant. So a SaaS is one thing. A real multi-tenant SaaS is a completely another thing. And all the market now is coming for the position where Vitex is. It's a one instance, one set of instances for each service that serves all our clients. That means we can be highly elastic, highly scalable, in a very affordable. And uh, we can make money where the others can do. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, a wave of investment of technology will pass into the retail and the brand manufacturers. And for many years, they didn't make the calculation of what my, these, those investments in technology means in terms of costs. Today, you cannot afford to have a full stack technology platform above 1.5%. And if you have uh, five or 10 applications that combine will be something that will cost you three, 4%. No retail, no brand in the world has more than 3 4% to pay for technology. So the way we see is that SaaS, multi-tenant, single set of instances for all the clients, it is the only way you can guarantee security, privacy, elasticity, and scalability in the level that the retailers need and under the level of the retailers can pay for it. So we are very proud because, and, and until today, a lot of people say, come to us and say, no, no, but I want to access my database. And say, no, this is a multi-tenant SaaS. You will not access the database. We can access through APIs. You can take the data, but you will not access the database. So we still have a lot of old mentality in the CTOs and CIOs that wants to touch data. And, and actually, what we are seeing is that with on-prem, or with a custom, or with a, even a, with a headless solution, you end up creating a Frankenstein, where the midware, it is your main software. And when the midware is your main software, you are in trouble. We, don't, we are not passionate about this vision. We are passionate about a composable world where the, the connections in between the applications are native and the companies do not have to have these in-house that the multi-tenancy and the elasticity, all the privacy, all the certifications will be under the platform provider shoes, not under the retail shoes. We foresee a world 
where IT areas in retail and brand manufacturers are much more a testers than a builders. And if you ask uh, anybody on a, that are developer right now, what do you prefer to do? They, wanna, they, they are proud of building, but they hate to maintain. They hate to sustain. They just build. But the problem of building is that you need to maintain and you need to pay very uh, expensive amount of money to keep that uh, thing that you build live. That's the, the struggle and the bottleneck that the retail are right now. So the headless era will fall and the composability will rise where the midware will not be necessary anymore, where the, the role of the SIs will change from implementators providers, from midware providers, for app providers. They will transfer knowledge through software. They will not transfer knowledge through hours. Dedication of implementation team, this reality will go down and this will come fast. In the United States, in the next three, five years, we're gonna see a mass transformation of the industry. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up this idea of simplicity as opposed to complexity, because a lot of the other vendors are going towards this no-head model where everything's built in microservices. And I remember speaking to a, a CTO of a company where he was going to build out individual microservices for every service that he had, and then he'd have to manage all of those services. So I think what your approach, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your approach is that you're simplifying it, but also making it easier and less expensive for the end user or the retailer or whomever is using the platform to maintain over time. Yes, that's the reason we build the VTEX.io. It's a serverless framework where our clients can code, build, but we sustain, we maintain, we protect the privacy and the security, we do the elasticity and the scalability of the solution. So at the end of the day, you need to have a balance in between a very fast speed to market you need to be able to drop any project, no matter how complex it is, in four or five months. If you are pursuing like a one-year project, the project is wrong because reality changes. And if you do for one pro one-year project, you are committed in a, in a such high value capex that you're gonna be passionate about the outcome of it. And you will not allow yourself to judge yourself as a, a you will not allow to recognize your own mistakes. Projects uh, needs to be four to five months max, no matter what complex it is. And if you have a, a, a big project to do, break it down, bring to small benches of uh, three, four months, go live, prove the value, and be open to be a tester, not a builder anymore. So I remember a case on an SI here in the United States and work for us, a client asked them to have a custom comment too. And, uh, and I ask, what means a custom comment tool is pretty standard. We do have three or four in the world that's well-known, aggregate value in the day one. Say, so why do you need a custom comment tool? And the guy said, no, the client believe that they are unique. And I say, all the clients believe they are unique and all of them are not. So you need to convince the client to get rid of this ego of being unique because they are not. So let's do a fast pages that don't have bugs, pages that deliver the state of art in uh, every single inch of the experience. And, and you need to react really fast. Look now, for example, the conversational commerce. It's gonna explode in the US. Live commerce, personal shopper, business Apple chat, Apple business chat, WhatsApp stores. 
this is going to explode in the US. Browser is going to be gone. And until now, we're still hearing from big enterprises that they want to have a two-year project for the front end, A-B test. And I say, what's going to be the A-B test when the browser will not be the main tool? So what, how are you future-proofing your company? And uh, today, unfortunately, that's not the reality that we are facing. But when the red button was pushed, the survival mode, and I think it is in the edge of it, then a new wave will come. A new wave where you need to do, and in this case that I mentioned about the comment, what the SI should do in this case is to convince the client that there's no way that they're gonna pay 500K to build a tool that's already been proved and well distributed in the world for $500. There's a lot of ego there's a lot of uh, power in game because by to the CIO to build things, they need headcounts and capex budget. For the SI to build things, they will receive more money. So today, the system feeds the inefficient architecture. Uh, and this will change. It's already changing in Latin America, already changing in Asia, it's dramatically changing in Europe, and it will come to the United States. So it's gonna be a lot of fun for the next years in the US market. And we couldn't miss that fun, that fun, right? Well, we are probably the expression of uh, this composable world. And uh, we want to lead this market here. So it's the right moment. That's why I came here one year and a half ago. And uh, I'm seeing good results in the field. Do you think some of the things that you're offering are coming from the fact that there's some com co countries in South America that are emerging? We'll take Bolivia, for example. And a lot of people don't have a desktop computer, so you don't have a choice of building that out. And that a lot of this innovation coming out of Latin America, coming to the U.S., is because of the fact that people are moving faster. And I think you made a point earlier about the U.S. isn't always mature. It's mature in itself in being a market where we're, we're all using a desktop computer. But other markets like Africa and South America, and you mentioned Asia, are all moving to this mobile market and, and this conversational market. Maybe talk about how the U.S. could adopt or what you're doing to help adapt that. Perfect. Uh, let's come back in, in time. The U.S. don't have uh, a conversational app. The reason is because back there, all the, the, the mobile companies allow for free people to just send texts. That was not common in the world. All, all over the world, to text someone, you pay for that. So that's why uh, companies like WeChat, WhatsApp pop up. And now they control like vast majority of the conversations in the world. In the US, we still have people sending messages through the iMessage, through the, the SMS. So the platform of choice for the US probably will be the Apple platform. And Apple has a, a very decent conversational tool that's called the Apple Business Chat and is already in beta for the United States. So the company that wants to test, it's already there. And it's pretty decent. It's not in the level of WhatsApp, it's not in the level of a WeChat, but it's pretty decent. So this uh, is starting. And uh, you're gonna see that you have a, already glimpsy of this new world. For example, like Instacart, it is, uh, there's no browser for Instacart. It is a, an app and you declare what you want and you chat with someone that will curate what you want. So a, a human interface 101, it's much more efficient 
than a declaration of browsing and waiting at home. If you don't have the right products, you're gonna miss the product. So you know, let's solve on, on the fly. So this Apple business chat will substitute apps like Instacart, allowing co uh, the consumer to access all their providers in a natural language. So if you are missing, if you, and instant, in, interesting is like you go for Instacart, but you always buy from the same provider. So in my case, I'm in Scarsdale, New York, I always buy from wholesale, Whole Foods. Why should I go to Instacart and pay 20% more to Instacart to buy things from Whole Foods? Whole Foods will not pay 20% anymore. This is a, just an arbitrage of the market. So what will happen is that Instacart will have their own providers, farms, directly to consumer, and wholesalers will have their own apps. And the apps will not be an app anymore, will be a conversational environment where you just tax. I need uh, rice, I need lettuce, I need milk, I need this. And through the conversation, you structure your order. That seems to be, for Americans, quite like a very distant world. Let's uh, see data. In Asia, the conversational market started seven years ago, representing like 2-3% of the overall GMV of the country in, in the region. Today, 2022, is going to be the first year that more than 50% of the entire e-commerce through a social commerce, passed through a conversational layer. Seven years later, only something from zero to more than 50% of the entire market. And I say, oh, what categories should I buy through conversation? The best, the, the biggest category in Asia is grocery. The second one is beauty. The third one is fashion. So you're going to buy everything. And uh, if you feel yourself like, oh, I will not buy. Probably you said the same thing on mobile. Probably you said the same thing when the browser came and said, no, e-commerce, no. So actually, every 10 to 10 years, we have a, a mass disruption. The last 10 years, for sure, was the mobile. But what will come for the next 10 years? I have a clear bet. That's for sure the conversational layer. And uh, Apple Business Chat, WhatsApp will be the two main apps that will fight to control this market in the US. And it will survive the companies that adapt fast. It will survive the companies that make mistakes faster. It will survive the companies that understand them as a, a gate to the consumer, not a brand manufacturer or a product manufacturer. There's no such a, as a D2C if you consider yourself a product company. If you are a product company, you are not customer-centric. If you are not customer-centric, you will be in the hands of the ones that controls the consumer. So you have a clock sticking against you. So every single brand manufacturer in the world will have a very aggressive D2C because that's the only way you can control data to increase your uh, knowledge to build more products. And still today, the distribution layer in the United States is too strong. So a lot of massive companies, CPG companies, that in the world having huge directly-to-consumer channels, in the US they don't, because they respect the power of the distributors. But it is a tsunami that you cannot stop. You already seen like uh, some companies ahead of the others, like Nike, that's uh, already declared, say, I'm gonna be a directly-to-consumer company. And by the way, I sell shoes uh, by the way i sell sporting goods but um, 
they are ahead of uh, uh, the competitions. We will see these in B2B. We will see these in companies like Colgate, uh, Whirlpool, Electrolux, Motorola, Samsung. We're going to see those kind of breaking of uh, standards. I don't know if you saw that one month ago, Nike announced that we limited the inventory for food. And, and it was a big shift in the market because at the end of the day, they are declaring that they want the consumer to go directly to them. A lot of other companies will follow from the manufacturers, from military manufacturers to all retail in the United States will shift for these. And the distributors, it is in a very fragile spot. So the distributors will need to reinvent themselves as well. And this is emotion. This is happening on a daily basis. People desperate for losing their own jobs. And if they don't move, and move means you need to hire new people, you need to hire new board members, you need to test things that never been in the table before. That's the way to survive. It is not improving, it is a changing language, not a transformational language. Oh, let's improve from 7% to 9% growth. No, come on. Uh, you need a 35% growth. How can you achieve that? Oh, then I need to go abroad. Then I need to sell things that I am not selling today. Oh, oh, yes, I need a marketplace. I need a multi-channel. I need... Then you will need to have technology to run that. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting what's going to happen in the country in the next years and we are follow shop talk right now to understand if the content already translate the emergency of what is happening in the u.s retailers so just as we close out our conversation today i know that you've invested heavily in your marketplace part of your app or your your um, product Maybe talk a little bit about how that's disrupting the market and how merchants who thought Amazon was their savior now are bringing some of that back in the house and how that marketplace from their own use makes their solutions better or their products better. Perfect. What, what means a marketplace? Marketplace means that you need to sell something that you don't buy first in the first place. That means that you need to serve your clients with products that they need but you don't have it. That's a marketplace by business definition. And because of Amazon, a lot of people think that to be a marketplace, you need to have a seller portal. But actually, when you do have in the United States more than 10 marketplaces, a seller that are for real a seller, they will not have 10 seller portal for each of the marketplaces. They will have their own e-commerce platform that will be integrated to the marketplaces. That's where the composable commerce rise, where the marketplace will be a native solution in between the providers. For example, when you go for American Airlines and you buy a ticket from France to London, you go to American Airlines and you buy there. But who is providing that airplane? Probably it's going to be British Airways. Who is operating that airplane? Probably is going to be Star Alliance. Who is going to build that plane? Probably might be Lufthansa. This ecosystem for the airlines already in place and it's transparent for the end consumer. That will happen with all the retailers. A marketplace is where when a client goes to your webpage and do a search and they have an empty search results, there's where your marketplace starts. Don't start with you, say, oh, I need to be a marketplace for a thousand of sellers. No, 
starts of what are the products your clients are trying to buy from you that you don't have. And then you just integrate with one or two sellers that will bring you 100,000 new SKUs. You don't need to have a seller portal. You don't need to have, it is just a peer integration and these connect the world, it is already there. So for example, if you come to Vitex and you wanna go to Europe, we do have hundreds of retailers already integrated. If you come to Latin America, we do have thousands of retailers already integrated. And then for example, if I am retail on the grocery in the United States and I want to sell the best coffee in the world for my consumers, where are the best coffee in the world? Ethiopia, Colombia, Brazil. The best brands of coffee in the world in Italy. So I will integrate with sellers from those countries to do a cross-border directly, seven days delivery, you have the best coffee in the world without having any necessity of cash flow to bet in one or two specific brands. So it's a matter of a one, two days, you just choose the best coffee makers in the world, put in your website and sell and serve your client. That's the connected world. So that's a marketplace. We saw that happening in Latin America nine years ago when we first were serving Walmart as a client of our e-commerce platform and they realized that cash flow is a big thing. And they asked us to integrate with a lot of other providers. There started the marketplace. After nine years, marketplace now is a buzz word. And every single e-commerce manager says, I want to be a marketplace. But what it means, if you go for every single marketplace on earth, you're gonna see that more than 90% of the transactions pass through an integration, not a seller portal. So a marketplace, it is a distributor order management connected with thousands of sellers that can hold transactions. It is not the small, tiny seller that will come and have a limited, limited inventory that you will thrive as a marketplace, no. It is with the biggest distributors, the biggest brand manufacturers that you're going to integrate and add as a complementary category for your offering. That's how you become a marketplace. So that's these are nine years investment in marketplace. Now position Vtex as a native functionality. So marketplace is not a category of e-commerce. Marketplace, it is a basic functionality of all e-commerce, digital e-commerce platforms in the world. For example, Salesforce one month ago just bought a Brazilian marketplace platform and they will bring these and become a native marketplace ready platform as well as all the other platforms are doing it. Marketplace is as basic as a browser checkout. As a channel management, it is as basic as a browser checkout. And nowadays, that's the beauty. A lot of things that didn't seem to be basic now it is mandatory basic and the companies cannot afford to have just to finish our conversation we won a client in the west coast that was having an rfp and they invited like nine companies to fulfill all the pieces that they wanted and suddenly they pop up with vtech and say could you do a demo say yes we can do a demo and as we approach very technically we do a demo in like replicating everything that they need live and the guy was not like ready for that because they say, look, I'm seeing my website running on your infrastructure. How you did it? I say, yes, uh, this is the beauty of uh, a very fast speed to market because you don't need to think 
custom things. You, you just need to implement it. And if you already have this functionality, then you can have it. End up like uh, this realizing that all the nine softwares could be substituted by Vitex. Like native working in one piece of software that's break in uh, more than a hundred service levels in a multi-tenant, really multi-tenant environment. So they just cancel the RFP and they ask us for negotiation. So that's the beauty of this category that we are calling the DCP, the digital commerce platforms. Salesforce will come for that. SAP will come for that. Vtex is going for that. All the other providers will come for that, where one software provides channel management in and out and will become the single panel for every order in the company. So that's the future we are betting. Uh, complexity will increase. And if you have a simple solution to address complexity, you will try. We are very enthusiastic for the future. Yeah, and I can hear it in your voice. It's very excited to speak <laughs> to you. Um, as we close out, I wanted to show you my socks today. Oh, you are well branded. Vtex socks, yes. I'm also with full transparency. We are a Vtex partner. Nice. And uh, we enjoy your platform very much. And I thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day here at mm. Shop Talk and having this conversation. I have so many more questions that I could ask. But again, it's a pleasure. So it's a pleasure. Pleasure. It was really nice. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.